Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith. And I'm Douglas Gale. And I will be bringing you Space News, Star Trek, Duck Space Nine, Firefly, Black Mirror, and probably superhero stuff. Dystopian fiction! Who's excited? I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! All right, what's up, Space Nerds? We are doing a special bonus episode about Star Trek Picard, which we just watched, and it feels good. How are we feeling? <laughs> so Doug is here. Doug and I are going to break this down in detail. But before we do, Andy and Sarah were hanging out with us. Uh, everyone knows Andy El Had of My Lovely Girlfriend. And Sarah Russell was actually recently on the Star Wars first viewing party that we had. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I we have some, some people here who don't know as much about Star Trek. And we just want to see... How did, how did that show feel to you, just not really knowing what you're getting into? Well, and I will say, like, you have two levels of not knowing, because, like, Sarah, right. does, you're not really f- super yeah, into I anything Yeah, I don't Star know Trek. anything besides um, Star Trek is a show and Spock is a person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that. And that's, those are good things to know. And then, what did you say, that uh, Patrick Stewart is on X, in X-Men? And X-Men. Professor X. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have watched the first five seasons of TNG. So you've seen a, quite a bit of it. So yeah. I have seen I, quite a bit of I'm it. I'm selling you short. And I do have attachment to these characters, and I am really excited to get to see where some of their stories lead. But I do not have the context of the preceding seasons or the, the two movies. movies. Four movies. Oh, four movies. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. So yeah. so th- that is all information I don't have going into this viewing. Yeah. Although I was given a little recap of some few details <laughs> that were felt to be important yeah, if Doug you had and I, any basic knowledge. D- Doug had seen this before we just watched it together. It was my first yeah. viewing just now. Yeah. So Doug was able to kind of fill in Andy about the spoilers that she was going to need since she had some basic Star Trek knowledge. Yeah. But just tell me, what? how do you feel about it? How? What do you think? Yeah. It oh. was really entertaining. For someone who really doesn't know anything, it was entertaining to just get a glimpse of like, what world we're in like we had no idea it was actually in san francisco like when <laughs> oh, yeah. they i forgot the we were on earth for a second <laughs> yeah it's like I wait like, what oh, right that is where the vineyard is but for, right? for some reason it just it didn't read as earth because of all of the technology yeah you know yeah the vineyards in france and then right. starfleet headquarters has always been mentioned as being in san francisco yeah but, um, and we've we've been there a couple times in movies and tv but um Always, always a delight to oh, go to yeah. Starfleet headquarters. Well, and I haven't really seen any Star Trek where they depict future Earth. Hmm. Like, I don't think any of the episodes I've seen, maybe once they go back to Earth, but you don't really get to see the outside or, you know what I mean? Like, to me, this is my first encounter with Star Trek depicting Earth in the, in or not, yeah, w- with all the new technology and, the, right. you know, right. the introduction of other species on the planet right like i see an alien that like in that scene oh am i allowed to spoil yeah yeah go okay for great in that scene where you know the boyfriend is with the i'm sorry what's that character's name dosh dosh, dosh yeah is with dosh and nice. the boyfriend is clearly <laughs> a dip from some alien species right and like 
when I see an alien species, my brain doesn't go, we're on Earth. You know, it's it's weird. Right. It should, but... Yeah, it's interesting because they do that a lot on Deep Space Nine where they spend a lot of time on Earth and the president of sure. Earth is an alien. So yeah, I've become yeah. accustomed, accustomed to yeah. seeing that. Yeah, But also since it started with the dream and he was in a ship. Right. right. So then right. it kind of just yes. makes you think like, oh, he must be somewhere else. Like he must be on the ship somewhere else versus like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that's why my first thought was like, oh, well, if it's in his dream, that's in the real life. But it's like, oh, no, it's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I just also loved. So if, as someone who has seen, I like I reiterate it, like only five episode, episodes, seasons of TNG, and that is pretty much my Star Trek exposure. Data is one of my absolute favorite characters ever, yeah. like in sci-fi at all, any sci-fi I've actually consumed. So I'm really excited that he has a presence in this show. Mm-hmm. And I have seen the episode where he has a daughter... Yeah. That he creates. Lol. Yes. And like you can see that paternal instinct and you can like I can see I'm familiar with the very beginnings of that suggestion that he would want a daughter or a child. And the fact that that is also addressed in this is really cool. I really yeah, find totally. that interesting. And and it's really eerie, but in a really intriguing way. Um, like when when Picard goes and discovers that painting Mm-hmm. And you see her, the cloaked woman in the face. It just is that instant, like, <gasps> like even though you see it coming, you're just like, oh, oh my gosh! And then, and then when the when the robot or the hollow deck person says like, it she he entitled it daughter, yeah. you know, and you're just like, <gasps> yeah, that was a stunner. It yeah, was, it really somehow, was. Yeah. Somehow I knew you did. Well, you I don't know, I know. Why, but like uh, when they first showed her and. It was when they, when after like all the fighting happened and she was like, I got to find this man. And they like showed her face in a way that like, I don't know if it was even like the way her skin was, but it reminded me of him. And I was like, weird that like, <laughs> she kind of looks like him. Like if you watch it again, you yeah. should look at her and think of his face. That, that shocked me when you said that. I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, I've kind of avoided hypothesizing about who this woman is because we've saw, seen her in the trailers. Okay, yeah. And Doug had a theory about her being, like, related to the Borg somehow or something. Yeah. Um, I just had no idea who she might be. And the, her being Data's daughter was, like, way outside of the realm of anything I would have expected. Sure. And I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts before we get Doug in here and, and go hardcore nerd time (laughs) i can't wait for the next one like i want to keep watching Uh, yeah i'm really excited to continue to watch it i also just want to say it was a pleasure to watch your face (laughs) yeah i think (laughs) watching jesse's interactions was just as much fun if not more entertaining like an actual kid in an actual candy shop (laughs) (laughs) or they would show like a banner and jesse would be like ha yeah, you would just, and we'd you just be like, like you had yeah. the definition of glee on your face. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, yeah. When they mentioned yeah. Bruce Maddox, I was like, <laughs> or like Earl Grey tea. He's yeah, like, Earl Grey tea. Earl Grey tea decaf. I'm right like, tea. oh, he's gone to decaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I will say yeah. one, just one quick thing for me that was interesting is that. The quality of the film, like hmm. the texture and the quality, and it, <laughs> you it was said while we were watching, like, it looks too to good. It looked too good. Like <laughs> I am not used to seeing this world through that lens, hmm. and 
there was there was something about when TNG was filmed and the quality of that right. that just gives you this impression and this essence that I associate with it. And it's weird to see those same characters and those same stories. Well, different story, but like those characters in a diff- totally different with a different filter over it. You right. know, it's like uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's yeah. wild. Even though what it really feels like is like. I was watching the old thing through a filter and this is what it was looking like the whole time. Hmm. Like if you were there in person, sure. that's what you would see. That's interesting. You yeah. Know? I mean, Discovery, I, I I was curious, like watching Discovery, I was curious how this show was going to look compared to Discovery, compared to yes. the original sure. Next Generation because yeah. they like Discovery looks so different from the rest of Star Trek. And I feel like they bridged the gap really well yeah. between Discovery and The Next Generation yeah. with this new show. I agree with you. I agree with you. Just it was, visually. It, it just yeah. initially kind of was like, but I was, I, I think I was adapted by the yeah. end of the episode. And yeah. I will also say everyone had like lit eyebrows. Yes. Mm. Like eyebrow every, I was like, okay, like makeup artists, like pencil work or whatever. Yes. Like everyone had different shapes and they were so full. Yeah. That was for me. I was like, yeah. oh, come on, eyebrows. <laughs> that is, a, that's, see, these are the things you won't get into, I think, with right. Doug. You're right. <laughs> so good thing yeah. we mentioned them now. Yes. Yeah. I'm more of a hair guy than an eyebrow uh, guy. But oh. eyebrows are hair. I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. On that yeah. note, we leave you with. All right. Here Thank comes you. Doug. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. While we get Doug in here, I, I recorded a snippet of Sarah and Andy singing before we started recording, and yeah. I'll go ahead and put that in yeah. as a transition. There you go. <laughs> Love. All right, Doug, let's fucking go. Boom! Boom. <laughs> Star Trek Picard. Yeah. I mean... They did such a good job of everyone's eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it, dude. Yeah, I loved too. it. I'm like buzzing. I feel amazing. I feel like I'm stoned on Star Trek right now. I just like... I just... I don't know how to express how much I liked that hour of television. Oh, yeah. I totally get it. I I, um, I told you that I had watched it last night because right. I couldn't wait. They released it at 12.01. And it was like dropping on Thursday. Yeah. But Thursday, they took it to literally be the, the minute that Thursday started. Right. So, and I couldn't... I was like, I'm up at midnight. I can't wait. It was up before so, then. Like, I was... I went to... Andy and I went to bed at like 11.30. And uh, like, we'll get in bed. And we have a projector up there. Uh, and we like to watch stuff before we go to bed. So, it was even up. It so was up, and and we're both like, I I can't, I'm not ready. Right, like, right, I need right. to, I need to be awake and alert. Yeah. Um. I mean, so it was exciting to watch yeah. it with you because I yeah. loved it, but I, you know, as some people may know, I also loved Discovery when it came out, and I yeah. knew you didn't like it, but I knew that this one you would like. You know, if anything, you might have a couple of like, oh, there's like moments that that hint at sort of the darkness of the current star trek universe but that it mm. wasn't like an inherently negative or dark series oh no i loved all of it yeah i love i mean i think what you're talking about is the idea that picard leaves star trek because starfleet leaves star trek. <laughs> he leaves starfleet because starfleet has is not taking the moral stand that he wants them to right 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 and right. i fucking loved that well, it's great because i loved it his position stands in opposition to it you know right so if you like star trek because of the moral stuff you're 
I think that you shouldn't just be like, oh, but I wanted humans and Starfleet to always be in the good. I think yeah. as long as there's an ethical voice yes. that you can identify with, and that's the... And the voice is Captain Jean-Luc fucking yeah. Picard. Yes, yes. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. This is the stuff yeah. that I got all hot about in why I love Babylon 5 is because, mm-hmm. as we had talked about during our long dives into that show, yeah. having the, the EarthGov... And having like the the homeland security, mm, basically having yeah. the earth and the human government be kind of like the bad guys. Yeah. But then having Sheridan be the person who's like, no, we're against this kind of bullshit. Yeah. I enjoy that. So this is and it's they're definitely not going that way, but they are showing like, OK, maybe this utopian Starfleet, you know, Federation vision that had been created isn't quite the perfect thing, but that the people who we enjoyed who worked for that thing do have like a strong moral sense, you know? Well, and I, I love so much about this. I, I mean, if you can go back to like section 31 on deep space nine, the idea that Starfleet was built on a lie in a way, in a way, like, what right. I kind of wanted from Picard was for him to have left Starfleet because section 31 became public knowledge. Oh, sure. But this is even better. I mean, this is better. So he leaves Starfleet because they've outlawed the creation of synthetics when we're now calling androids synthetics. Yeah. And because like he was trying to synths, synths, which I love. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Anyway. For separate reasons. Yeah. Uh, so and then on top of that, it seems like he was trying to save the Romulan people. Right. And there was anti-Romulan prejudice that he was running up against. Right. Like the Where the general population didn't care as much as he wanted them to. Right. So there's like a very complex set of reasons why he left. Yeah. And on top of that, you can totally imagine a future government where they would say, no, we should outlaw, outlaw these sins because they rose up and, uh, well, not rose up, but they destroyed mars like they're responsible for the destruction right. of the utopia planitia ship shipyards right. and i i've always loved utopia planitia when we like, watched uh, <laughs> we watched the short trek the short right trek before. before that the the children of mars or yeah. i think what it's called and yeah. then yeah you had just offhandedly before anything had happened you were like if they destroy <laughs> yeah i straight up said if they destroy utopia I'm planitia so angry. i'm gonna be so pissed yeah and then when they started showing it destroyed you i could hear you be like no but the thing is is like i i love it like i love that they did that because i'm pissed because i loved the idea of this shipyard at mars called called utopia planitia yeah and and i don't know what it is like we've never really spent time there i just like the idea of it. like daystrom which they do show explicitly Mm, in this it's a thing that has existed in star trek lore for a long time for a long time so i mean that was where cisco worked before yeah um, Deep Space Nine. That was, yeah, that's, that's where Leah Brahms works. Like, yeah, that's where when when Leah Brahms and Jordy are in the holodeck, and it's like the holodeck version of Leah Brahms, and Jordy's kind of solving this problem with right. her. It's They're in the, a room on you at Utopia, Utopia Planitia. Planitia. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's been around for a long time. Right. So then to show it and then to destroy it oh, is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But I want to feel when I watch Star Trek. I want them to give me like emotional stakes. Yeah. And I feel like the show now is about like fighting for the rights of synthetic uh, sentient creatures to exist, which is what... And Romulans. <laughs> and Romulans, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, this is core Star Trek. Like, this right. is why I love Star Trek. Yeah. And to build off of Measure of a Man, like the quintessential episode of Next Generation from season two, where Data is put on trial for whether right. or not he is able to choose for himself. Yeah. And the... Because someone from Daystrom... 
shows up yeah, and is Bruce like Bruce Maddox. Bruce Maddox, who's referenced in the show. Which is referenced in this show. Right. But yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like uh the Bruce Maddox name drop like really got me going. That was good, yeah. Because if people remember in season two of Next Generation, and we're talking 1988 is yeah. when this came out, Bruce Maddox comes to the Enterprise and he wants to take data with him. He right. wants to transfer data to come uh, back to his lab so he can take him apart, figure out how he works, and makes, make more androids. Right, because his view at the time is that data is property, property of, of Starfleet. Starfleet. He's yeah. not a citizen of the Federation. Right, and then he there's a trial in which they determine that to not be the case. Right. So Data's allowed to choose for himself. Right. Uh, and... And then it, it seems uh, like over the course of the show, we actually see Bruce Maddox. Uh, we don't see him again, but we we see Data conversing with Bruce Maddox through um, like Cause letters, they, like they, they're emailing each other. Data they become was friends, basically. Interested in replicating himself, he didn't right. see anything ethically wrong with that. He just right. didn't want to lose his life in this pursuit. Right. He and, wasn't sure that Bruce Maddox could do it in a way that would preserve his life. Right. But he was willing to help. And I, th- right. I, th- I, th- I think Maddox is an interesting character in that sense. I agree. Sense. And if he shows up on this show, I'm going to lose my mind. I've seen speculation online about whether he would or not, and he has not really acted at all for a long time. Yeah. But then someone is like, he's a, he's a professor of theater oh. at some college. I really, so they're like, oh. he's still in the world. Like he yeah. probably wouldn't say no. I want and him to show up in the episode. It seems like, Oh, either definitely dropping the hint. Like yeah. after the synth, uh, was after making synths were banned, then Maddox disappeared and no one has heard from him. Right. Which to me is like TV show talk for, we're going to have to go find him. Exactly. Like he's going to show up later in the season. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. But anyway, the idea that like his work has progressed and that, um, and he had like continued to talk to data. We know that. So right. maybe like somehow data's offspring were created with the help of Bruce Maddox. Right. Or something like that. I mean, right. all of that is just like uh, like mythology gold to me. I'm yeah, just so into it. They cherry-picked certain... Obviously, they decided what the story was going to be about and then found... I, I don't know which way they went with whether they started this way or went back to it. Yeah. But definitely, the story as it stands in Picard, they, they reference the right episodes from TNG to give you the feeling that this is a cohesive whole. Yes. You know? It absolutely felt like the future. With one glaring exception. Uh, tell me in a second. It absolutely yeah. felt like the future of Jean-Luc Picard to me. It absolutely felt like it fit in the timeline. Opening the show with him playing poker with Data was brilliant. Yep. And perfect. And I loved it. I loved it. It like re- it took my breath away almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, what, what I was going to say is like the idea that this show seems to be built on the idea that we're trying to reverse this decision that synthetics are outlawed because there can never be another data. And now like these women who are the, the twins who are like it looks like data's right. offspring in one way or another it's like strongly they, they implied are like that Bruce hiding. Maddox made them yeah that they're in, that they aren't allowed to be who they are like right. that this is what i love about star trek right. like let's tell a story about how you can't just tell people that they aren't allowed to exist you right. can't just say that uh this this type of person is okay and this type of person is not like you need to value lives you know when right. he says when when he Picard's being interviewed and he says you know all these lives were at stake and she says Romulan lives right and he's like no lives, lives yes lives like this is it this is right. what Star Trek is about and we need this right now because yeah. our world right now is fucked and yeah. I, I read an article today <laughs> where the the headline was um, a black man went into a bank 
And what the police police were called on a black man who was trying to deposit a check that was a settlement for uh uh what's the word um <laughs> my brain uh discrimination okay he was cashing a discrimination check at some lawsuit had happened and he was and someone called the police on him while he was in the bank because he was black right that's the world that we fucking live in right that is disgusting like right. that is insane i mean i can't even believe that that's the world we live in like we have really gone backwards as a society or maybe we've just never made progress or we just didn't know how bad it was we haven't made as know. much progress as some people think i think is the, as i thought yeah yeah. yeah 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 and like things like star trek or what made me what gives me hope for the future and what what i feel like we can get these big messages out there about you know like like individuals right to life you know like of of all whatever you know like not just human but like romulan too right. or synthetics i mean right. whatever it is in and star then, trek they're going by sentient life yeah sentient right. life yeah right. all we're sentient, on earth like, the respect. model is that we're divided by color and by by creed and by country yeah. of origin but that it's it should all all humans are humans and star yeah. trek they map that by saying well no all sentience is sentience right and we need to respect all life right and we need to provide equal opportunity for all life because the romulans are very explicitly, I think, an analogy for current refugee crisis hmm. in on Earth. In the new show. Yeah, 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 yeah. the new show. Because it's their, they're fleeing the destruction of a world yeah. that then the Federation turned their backs on and did not help them. Right, know? because they were traditionally an enemy. Because, r- exactly, right. Yeah, and that this is the storytelling right. we need right now. Yeah. And, that's, and to put it through the lens of my favorite show of all time, which is Star Trek Next Generation, to put my favorite characters back up mm-hmm. on the screen, to show how they've grown, to show how they've become disenfranchised by the world. Like, this is yeah. perfect. I'm yeah, so stoked. Yeah, I really stoked. like it. I, I I will say watching it a second time helped clarify some of the plots Yeah, to I it. need to see it again. Because what I think is what they're doing here is that uh, Mars was attacked by synthetics, and that happened as they were moving to resettle the Romulan refugees. Yes. So they had like all these fleets at the uh, Utopia Planitia, and then the the synths attacked and destroyed, all, it seems like a shitload of ships, yeah. and it killed a bunch of people. And then it was after that that the Federation is like, well, we're not going to help the Romulans then. Yeah. That's when they backed away from it. So I think that double, two things happened there. One, since we're outlawed. Yeah. And the Starfleet was like, nope, we're not going to help the the Romulans at all. Right. And um, and that's what drove Picard out of Starfleet. That's what drove, so, so it's both decisions. So I yeah, think it's the, I agree. I think, I think it's more it said, yeah. of the refugees yeah. is what he thought was against Starfleet. Yeah. And then the synth thing is just like a personal It's like an insult against his friend data that they're doing this, you know? Um, So I think what we're going to, so, and I also think that in the show, the agents that were trying to kill Dodge are clearly Romulan agents, like all the the people with the, the, the biker helmets. Right. So now you have this thing that is interesting where it's like, Oh, the Romulans are like these refugees that we were supposed to help. and We didn't help. But then also they're there. At least a group of them are the bad guys in this show that are trying to kill synths, but then the synths also attacked uh, uh, the refugee ships leaving. So there's like a lot of interlocking things here, you know, and I think they have to be careful how they go about this and how, how do they portray the Romulans? Like, is this a rogue element of the 
Tal Shiar who could not accept Federation help. And so they are responsible for having the synth attack, you know, to, to, cause knowing that that would uh, cut the Federation out of helping them. And now this is a cleanup operation hmm. where they've got to like kill any potential synths that might have, you know, information about it, or is it just straight like staggering revenge on revenge on revenge? Yeah, I and mean, we have no idea why the synths hacked Mars. We yeah. have no, which, which I think we'll know by the end of the I season. I agree, I agree, because it has to. It's a yeah. thing, and it's such a complex political situation that they set up, and I yeah. love that. I mean, it, yeah, you know, it. God, it's just so good. It's so good, and, and you're right. They do have to be careful because I think, and I think the show will be careful because yeah, they go out of their way in the first episode to show that there are good Romulans because right. those two people living at Picard's Chateau are right. Romulan. And right. he, he, that he, he's basically taking them Clearly in, giving them jobs. The refugee from the crisis. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And they obviously love and respect Picard because he's given them a home. Right. And he's and he like fought for their for people. All of the Romulans to yeah. be relocated. Yeah. I mean, it's really powerful stuff. Yeah. Like I fucking love it. And I also love that it is springing off of and, you know, making explicit the, the Star Trek model of like, yeah, if it's canon, it's canon. Yes, uh, I love it. Uh, of the, of the 2009 Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah. Which a lot of people dismiss. I think they're, I think all three of them are fun. I, I love them. Yeah. I know that some people get like whatever opinions about them. It's fine. I think they're fun Star Trek. It's a different style of Star Trek. It's action adventure. Yeah. But the key thing though, is that the first one takes place in the so-called prime timeline which is when Romulus is destroyed. And then that movie derivates into the Kelvin timeline, which then they ex pretty much exclusively stay in through the rest of the three right. movies. But that one piece of it happened in the normal TNG yeah. TOS universe. Yeah, when and now Picard makes references to that. I the love destruction that. Of I Romulus. love that. Yeah. So basically when in, in the Star Trek movie in 2009, the first J.J. Abrams movie, when Spock... Prime, like the old Spock, right. has basically Leonard explains. Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy explains what happened, like two thirds of the way through the movie. He's like, "Yeah, in the future of the Star Trek universe that we have come to know through Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and beyond, and all that. Uh, well, not Star Trek Beyond, but Beyond. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, Romulus is destroyed, and then uh, Nero, who was played by Eric Bana." is so mad that he like tries to go back in time and destroy Vulcan. Because he when blames he goes, Spock for it. Right. And when he, when Nero goes back in time, he ends up creating something called the Kelvin timeline, which right. is because of the USS Kelvin, which is the first scene of the movie where, you know, uh, George Kirk, who is James T. Kirk's father, um, like has to sacrifice himself to save. Right. Because uh, this new ship pops in out of nowhere. Right. This new And this like Romulan ship from the future pops back in time. So, they did. They took that little piece of what we knew about the future of the prime Star Trek right. canon, which was really just a setup for that movie. Which is, but it's huge. Like the idea that Romulus was it's destroyed. A, when I saw that, I was massive. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Are they planning on not making any more Star Trek? Oh, like, I loved it. I, I did too. It. I mean, I, that's. But yeah. I was like, and then when they did the back in time, and they're in the Kelvin time, I'm like, oh, right. This is pretty brilliant. It's, very, it's so very brilliant well because all three of those movies take place in an alternate timeline, so we can do whatever they want with the Kirk Spock Absolutely. Bones triumvirate, which yep. is really really clever. And I like all those movies. I didn't like Into Darkness the first time I saw it. Yeah. But I watched it again and ended up liking it. Yeah. It really grew on me. It's and I've always liked Beyond. Yeah. They're um, fine. They're but fun. Beyond anyway, that. Beyond that. Star Trek Nemesis, which yes. I like. I've always liked. It gets a bad rap because it 
it is it sort of feels I, I get the criticism that it feels like someone who didn't really know Star Trek wrote some Star Trek. It doesn't it never felt that way to me. And I uh, know I'm out on a limb here, but yeah, I'm, that's fine. Brent Spiner was involved in writing that and Data's killed in that movie. Yes. He sacrifices himself for yes. Picard. And I and <laughs> in the comic books that were supposedly canonical, right. um, Data's consciousness is transferred into B four, right? And then, uh, which is the uh, like the prototype version of Data. They found was, an older, right. yeah. They found this older version of Data in Star Trek Nemesis. We see him in pieces in a box in Star Trek Picard, right? In the first episode, Starfleet does not like to throw things away. Yeah, you don't throw away a Soon type <laughs> android. Are you kidding me? Um, so they reference the fact that Data tried to transfer his consciousness into B four, which is alluded to in Star Trek Nemesis. Right. Right. But they shatter my happy dreams of so, Data still being alive. And I loved it. Yeah. Well, I we were talking it. about stuff you need to know before yeah. we watched Picard. I was giving you and well, we were, and we were, were giving, giving Andy. Andy. You and I yeah. knew all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this comic, the countdown. Yeah. And to, I was like, oh, I can't yeah. make a reaction. I can't yeah. say anything. Because, yeah, you're, you're, this is exactly what we said where those supplemental materials are canon until they're, until they're countered by right it's now star TV. trek legends just yes. like the star wars expanded <laughs> universe it's a great comic book and everyone should read it but anyway the i love that they didn't undo data's death i actually really yes, like it that. keeps the sacrifice yeah and i like the fact that all we saw of data in this episode was in picard's dreams it's not a real data right it's yeah it's data's data's dead yeah i mean data died and like i i don't like when you undo character deaths i did kind of like that data transfers consciousness and was still alive because i want data to be alive and yeah, i feel like in that my was, memory they were but, throwing it out there as like you know what maybe we're gonna write some books or comics or whatever yeah they know. they built in a back door a back door yeah yeah but i mean doesn't it like when we're talking about star trek history if we look at star trek 2 the wrath of khan when spock sacrifices himself for the ship and then the whole next movie is called the search for spock and we go on this right. convoluted journey to bring him back to life yeah it undercuts the sacrifice and it under- absolutely it undercuts the drama and the tragedy of what happened in star trek 2 which yep. is a brilliant fucking movie yep and star trek 3 is a passable movie it's, it's good right i right. like it right um and i did i got to interview stephen manley who played young spock and that's uh, way back in this podcast feed. so it's so worth it it's called the search for stephen i was very proud of that <laughs> but anyway uh, i do really like that movie a lot but it was nowhere near as good as Star Trek 2 and I felt like kind right. of un- undercut what was good about Star Trek 2 so I, I don't like when shows pull their punches and that's yeah. something with Arrowverse that we keep talking about is like, always right all they, these characters keep dying come back to come life. Back, right which is to be fair is also super comic booky sure you know so there's Absolutely. like I'm willing to give it a pass when that is literally how the source material works sure I agree you know? I agree but I love that they didn't pull this punch yes. I love it and it's, not just that but we're now right fighting choice. we're fighting so that the memory of data can be allowed to thrive yes that is a beautiful um, driving force for this season and that's what I was trying to get at before is like I feel like right. that's what they're setting up is that the driving yeah. force of this is that um, these synthetics have rights and even though some synthetics did some horrible things right. that doesn't mean that all synthetics should be outlawed and banned yeah I mean data took over the enterprise you know like countless a times. Dozen times and that's that's something else i was thinking about is like that's why i love the idea that since we're outlawed out of fear yeah because there's plenty of reason to be afraid right there's, i mean they're superhuman but what so now what i hope they address to some degree is what about photonic life which is <laughs> which is absolutely. how voyager absolutely uh, which i think is one of the better Oh, ongoing sure. the plots doctor. they do th- uh, through Voyager later seasons. No doubt. Yeah. Voyager has its own measure of a man yeah. where they have someone who is demonstrably as human 
as the life that he mimics with <laughs> sentience. He is a sentient yeah. being yeah. who doesn't have a corporeal body. Right. And then Starfleet tells him, no, legally you are not an entity. You don't have rights. Yeah. And that's really interesting. But then sure. it kind of, you know, they don't really do much with it. Well, they kind of make a joke out of it with that episode with Andy Dick. And then at the end of that, there's like a whole bunch of holograms mining an asteroid. See, I didn't think of it as a joke. I took it as like a, no holograms are slaves. Like that's right. I didn't take it as like, ha ha ha. Look at what happened to them. I, I took it as holograms are slaves also, but I felt like the show kind of did it as like a punchline. Oh, uh, you and I have a different take on that. Cause I think they were also trying to show it's like, but there's hope. Like they, those holograms were sharing that story that the, that uh, mm. the EMH had written. Uh, I mean, maybe I just felt that way because Andy Dick was in that episode and the episode was a farce. Uh, he was, I yeah. love, I love that episode. I, yeah. That's one of my favorite episodes of Voyager for sure. I mean, and not that we're going to get into a whole Voyager tangent, which we almost never talk about, but yeah. that episode is like almost a perfect summation of like, where Voyager, I'm like, oh, I love this show so much, but also like, oh boy, do I roll my eyes <laughs> at some of the choices you make. Yeah, but you're so right about the the hologram thing, the and photonic they, thing. They show a hologram in Picard. I was just going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. So like, you know, yeah. she's clearly a hologram with no sentience. Well, we know for a fact that if you leave the holodeck on for too long, your programs become self-aware. Well, I it's happened multiple times. Right. But like Moriarty. Well, I was going to uh, say, that's not even leaving it Vic on. Vic Fontaine, the doctor. Right. This is this is where Picard, I feel like, is not going to try to do a unified theory of artificial intelligence in Star Trek. They're kind of sticking with the one story and going with it. But in Star Trek canon, it is criminally easy to create sentience. Yeah. Do you know how you create sentience, artificial sentience in Star Trek? You're on a holodeck and you say, make me something that's a challenge for Data, right. who already is artificial intelligence. Or make me a lounge singer and leave the program on too long. Well, no. See, no, that's interesting is that Vic Fontaine was created by uh, Felix something or another. He's like an unseen name-only character in DS9 who's a like hollow novelist who's like, who makes Hollow Sweet programs. So yeah. Vic Fontaine just showed up sentient. He was created by somebody. I think what happened with Vic Fontaine is that he became aware of, of his own existence. He became aware that he was a hologram and that he was created. Yeah. And then they left him on a long time. I, I really think that like, no, I, okay. Well, it'll be interesting. I, when we'll we get, get there. there. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> I, yeah. I but do, the I do point think there's like an element of like, if you leave these holograms on for long enough and they know that they are holograms, then they will develop well, let's their say own self-awareness. We don't need to argue the specific details, <laughs> but that, it is really easy to create absolutely non-corporeal artificial intelligence in Star Trek. We agree on that. Which they don't... So they might be addressing this by saying that synths that are like Data, that are clearly android bodies, they can do that. We can create artificial intelligence. Watch this. Just ask a computer to make artificial intelligence and it will. Yeah. That's basically what we can absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah. And we can put that artificial intelligence, fully sentient, into a synthetic body. And yeah. we, we, we acknowledge that these people have rights. That's what data is. Yeah. What we can't do is to take this artificial intelligence from the computer and put it into like a biological clone body. That's I think what, that's what synths are. I Well, not biological clone bodies. I think that the synths are flesh and blood androids. I think that's the difference between a synthetic and an android. No, because 
not to, because uh, she, I, that was a hard no. She when bleeds Picard, when she gets cut. She bleeds, and like so, they 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 healed her skin with a dermal regeneration. I think that's what's special about Dodge and her sister, and that's what's special about what Maddox did. But in this yeah. episode, the oh, what's her name, Grace, uh, um, Allison Pill's character. Yeah, what's her name? I don't remember the. I I don't. Dang remember. it, Deborah. <laughs> she had like a Deborah. I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry. So it, it's. It's I new. Gertrude. Le- I worry that it sounds so insulting when I'm just like guessing names. It's not meant to be. It's just that I'm a <laughs> Allison idiot Hill's who, doctor who character. Blew a couple of vapes before I got on mic. <laughs> uh, she explicitly tells Picard that they're a thousand years away from doing that. Right, but then he says, "I I just sat down with one." Right. So what I'm saying is that synths are datas. They're okay. clearly artificial right. bodies right. because this, with, with yeah. artificial intelligence. Yes, in you're them. right, because the synths that hacked Mars were well before this new synth that we just met. Right. She's you she's unique the way data used to be new unique. Yeah. But that in the interim They've been able to make more data. They've been able to make more synthetic. Right. And we've seen in the trailer what looked like an army of datas. And we can assume that that's the synths from Mars, I guess, at this point. Could be, yeah. It'd be really, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm kind of hoping they don't just make it like, oh, yeah, we we physically make them look like datas. Yeah. You know, I hope that it's like, well, you know, you can just, any, any robot body, you can, you know. You know, you know what I totally forgot is what? that we didn't even see Jerry Ryan. It's she's if we watch that extended like coming up this season, yeah, she comes up later. Sure, and I know because that's I've the other thing we haven't really delved into too deeply. And Hugh is going to be in this, Jonathan Del Arco, right. which I'm mm, so mm, stoked two about. Borg people, I wonder if that's because the fucking Romulans are living in a goddamn Borg, Borg cube. Yeah, <laughs> Doug looked over at me at the end of the episode, and I don't even know what face I was making, but you laughed. I did well because as they're pulling back, I was like, when does Jesse? see it like yeah because they do a long slow reveal oh i saw it well before i was like is this a fucking board cube i'm like but it can't be because it said romulan reclamation plants or whatever and i think i what i did i had like my hand out in the air and i was going like "Ah." yeah and you just (laughs) your whole look also the end of the episode it happened and your brain is processing it so you were just like just full-on like endorphin serotonin yeah whatever just like brain chemicals flooding yeah telling you that you had just done a good thing yeah, but what the fuck? I mean, and I it's such a what the fuck moment with the Borg cube yeah. at the end. And I I'm I'm like bring it on. Like this show has right. earned my trust immediately. So I so so what I think that I don't know the details, but I think that represents basically Romulans now that Starfleet did not help them. They did what they could on their own and then perhaps they came across this a board a board cube and so now that's what they're doing is they're living in this board cube and then that's sort of like the refugee planet yeah maybe. for romulan so reclamation meaning maybe it's like where other romulans can go to try to yeah you know start over there's something so fucking wonderful about the way they've tied this into canon because we've spent time in the kelvin universe with the vulcan people who've lost their planet right but in the prime timeline it wasn't the vulcan people who lost their planet it was the romulans right and that's the way it's and we've known that for since 2009 yeah but we've never explored that we've known that for a decade without exploring it and it's so exciting that i mean the way that they tied this into the existing canon just blows my mind it's like it's exactly what i would want it's the level of detail that i want and we're talking about the most precious canon to me like star trek (laughs) is my favorite you know 
Like I love Star Wars. I love Stargate. I love so many things with Star in the title, but Star Trek is the one that I grew up on. Like I've been watching Star Trek for longer than I have memories. Right, you know, right, like right, it right. came on when I was three, and I don't remember starting to watch it. I just always have been watching it. Yeah, they did a good job with it. And they did a great job. It seems like I've read a couple negative like reviews written by like professional reviewers who get paid to do it and they, they work for magazine Blah. who cares and i've seen like ridiculous <laughs> online stuff which i usually dismiss because yeah so much of it is just the um, i don't even nerd give a culture. shit anymore yeah but it, the sense that i'm getting is that broadly speaking people were very happy about this yeah i mean i'm just kind of flabbergasted yeah it's, and also can we just talk about patrick fucking stewart for a second yeah, he's a good actor he's a great his performance was awesome yeah like for me it was just bang on and yeah. i was a little worried about that going in he's, and also he's, brent spiner he's bang an older on. dude <laughs> yeah but you know picard's older like yeah. people age and like you know that's everybody ages that's like we're happens. all we're right. all we're literally all aging right, right now he was not a young man when he was captain yeah he looked i mean he he looks great like yeah. he's a very amazing person. i saw that in universe he should be 94 Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. But with their like advanced medicine, I buy that. Oh, sure. Know? For sure. Yeah. And I think that he's, his performance was exceptional. What I was worried about was that he wouldn't have any fire. And they right. sh- this, the first scene where he's being interviewed, he has fire. Yeah. Like the fire of Captain Picard is still in this man. Right. But it's been tempered by time and years well, and disappointment. Well, and, like, like when he says that he's been, he's, he's not been living, he's been waiting to right. die. I mean, it it just hurts. It's like yeah. this, the, what this man spent his whole life working for was ripped away. And and now it's his chance to try to set it right. And that's what this show is going to be about. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I could not have reverse engineered a better, a better future for Captain Picard. Or, or not a better future, but like a better show to show his future. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, it's a real like great... Oftentimes I'll watch these things and be like, oh my God, if... Uh, <laughs> If 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 young Anakin had just oh yeah been like uh, watching you know Obi Wan kind of use anger to lash out at the person who had killed his master and that's what gave the spark of the dark side to young right. Anakin it would have been so much better like there's so many ways that you can make the prequels better yes absolutely um, and I love doing that type of shit but sure. with this show I'm like they're well ahead of me well ahead yeah. of what I would have done and I'm so fucking pumped to see where they go yeah and it sounds like I'm not trying to say like, Oh, but I, I saw this coming when (laughs) I want to preface that when, uh, um, they were first announcing that they were doing a Picard show. Uh, one of the things that I'd seen was Patrick Stewart saying that he had never wanted to return to the character Picard, but that he felt that they were, that they were doing something very different with his character and that he thought it was something that was very vital and needed. And immediately my immediate thought was like, Oh, it's going to be Romulans as refugees because I was well, because I was like, what is it that would be like, if you're, because you know, Patrick Stewart is a liberal minded cosmopolitan man of the world, you know, (laughs) what would be something that feels like stories that need to be told at this moment, you know? Yeah. And that, that just seemed like, well, you're a smarter man than me. I did not see it coming. Yeah. So I just like, I'm not, I, I want to make it clear that I'm not trying to make any kind of like humble brag here, but well, I was glad that they went down. Oh, also I should say that apparently 
Star Trek Online is, oh. is a thing. Yeah, they've, yeah. they've done Romulan refugee stories. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Cool. So that this is also kind of out there, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, you had a fucking homeland destroyed. Yeah. The natural story to tell is what about the people who are negatively affected by yeah, losing sure. their, their homeland? That Romulan at the end who was uh, talking to Dash's sister. Yeah. Do we think that that is Nero's brother? Yeah, when I first watched it, uh, I was like, oh, that's definitely, they're going to tie this into Nero. Yeah. Uh, then this time I was like, well, maybe, maybe not. He's definitely a bad guy. And he mentions, yeah. he he goes out of his way to mention having a dead brother. Yeah. It, it seems like it's Nero. It may be misdirection where he's like, he disappeared last year. Yeah. Because Nero would have been 20 years ago. It would have been Nemesis time. It would have been... Right, like uh, after, after Nemesis time. After Nemesis, but I don't know what year. But we don't. Yeah, we don't know what year. I don't think it was set specifically. But, but I think contemporaneously, it would probably would have been, probably would have been ten years ago then. Maybe, yeah. So, but at least not last year. Clearly, within Picard, sure, Romulus wasn't destroyed last year. Right, it was destroyed many years ago. And he said his brother died last year. He said his brother disappeared. Disappeared last year. Right. So, okay. It, okay. So, so maybe not. I think it could You're, be Nero with misdirection. Yeah. I think it also could be another character they're just planting the seeds of. Yeah. That's going to show up later. It's on. Bruce Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to get Bruce Maddox. I think. The Romulans living on the board cube are going to be shown as like, this is like the reformed, you know, the, the Romulan government in exile, basically. Yeah. This is, these are the new Romulans where there's political machinations. They're not going to be like, here are the evil Romulans who live in the board cube. Yeah. It's going to be, here are Romulans that includes like their broken reformed version of the Tal Shiar, who's like mm-hmm. the section 31 of Romulans. Right. This, like this special services or like the secret yeah, service, the secret of, service, well, not the, secret service that protects the president. What's the word? Uh, the CIA. Yeah. The, the dark ops, you know, the black yeah. ops, black ops. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Tal Shiar, my guess would be a reformed version of yeah. the broken Tal Shiar yeah. are going to be the bad guys that we see that are the Romulan agents. And they're going to be infiltrated within secretly within that board cube. But I think the Romulans that are there are going to be generally, you know, like a, like an angry rejected people, but not like the enemies of the Federation. Yeah. I can't wait to find out. And I, I love the fact that, saving the Romulans is so important to Picard because we saw the seeds of that with him fighting for reunification, trying to help Spock with reunification. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think that like they had done it with the Klingons where the, here's like an old enemy from earlier shows that they've now shown as like, Oh, but then those wrists were, were healed. And now this is like an ally that the humans have yeah. or that, that, that the Federation has yeah. going forward. So to do the same thing with the Romulans, I think is, you know, a, an almost inevitable thing. And well, they were planting the seeds of that in, in Nemesis. Absolutely. And, yeah. But then once they destroy Romulus, it would be negligent to not reference it in future Star Trek. You know what I yeah. mean? The, Picard, as a show, had to 100% put that as a centerpiece, which is, this is, I'm circling back to why I'm not making a humble brag, because it was any new Star Trek would have to do that. It would be criminal if you were like, here's new Star Trek. 
oh, you know, the Romulans got their planet destroyed, but the NBD, we're, right. just, we're not going to worry about that. I just so, hadn't been thinking. Of, I hadn't thought about it. I, I, really, I have not stopped thinking about the destruction of Romulus <laughs> since 2009. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was it was overshadowed by the destruction of Vulcan, which we actually saw. Yeah, but like, this is the Kelvin. They don't care about. I know, that. I know, but like, it, for I'm such a timeline snob where it's like, <laughs> ugh, that's that timeline. I love it. That timeline means as much to me as like Voyager's year in hell or yeah. TNG's future. Well, I'll tell Picard. you, the first time I watched the movie, I wasn't sure if they had eradicated the timeline that I love by going back and destroying Vulcan. I'm like, well, I know Vulcan wasn't destroyed in right. Next Generation, so does that whole canon not exist? Yeah. But then they made it clear over time that it was an alternate timeline, yeah. and then I then I got on board. See, I, got, I don't know why, but I had that feeling right away. I was just like, this is just like every other timeline yeah. that they create, which a bunch have been created in Star yeah. Trek, but they usually never get collapsed. I mean, sorry, they never usually, they always get collapsed. Or they just don't spend time in them. Or they just don't spend time in them, right. Yeah. We don't see it continuing. So this is just yeah. them showing I, it. So anyways, this, yeah. uh, don't get me started on my <laughs> deep feelings I have about the temporal mechanics of the Star Trek universe. Well, I will just say that ever since Nemesis, I have always wanted to continue the story of the prime Star Trek timeline. Yes. Like, I didn't care... In what form? I'm just like, give me, give me something new in the future. Like I want, I don't like when Star Trek goes backwards. Yeah. Uh, like I never liked the idea of Discovery going back to before the original series, but after Enterprise, yeah. I'm like, have, why? We have different thoughts on that. That's like, why are we doing that? And yep. that, I will say that like season two of Discovery was so wonderful that yeah, I'm now obviously on board. Yeah. But because you can, I feel that you can find stories. Anywhere sure, within the timeline, absolutely. But but because such monumental things were happening in the in the universe at the end of of what we saw of the timeline, like the Dominion War had just ended, right? And like what happens next? Like, sure. and of course, like Romulus being destroyed. I hadn't. I had not even thought about that. Right. Be, I mean, I'm ashamed to think of it now. I feel no, no. bad. Well, because it is. It, I, I, it's massive. I don't think that they were intending on exploring. They were. It was like a throwaway. It's a throwaway. Thing. It's just yeah. a plot device. But to me, that was like. Also, I should be clear that in 2009, I was like crazy super baked, <laughs> and I liked Star Trek fine, but I was not as much of a deep oh, Star Trek fan that I am now. I, I probably hadn't finished watching Deep Space Nine at this point in time, even though <laughs> it had been years. I had vague memories. I was one of those people who was like, oh, I love TNG, thinking about probably like a dozen episodes max wow. and not thinking about like how cringy or how flat out bad some of the old Star Trek can be. Interesting. So it was just like a casual, but you know, solid Star Trek fan. So then I just was like crazy high <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's going to be a new Star Trek movie made by that dude who does like alias. Know, yeah. And does these, you know, um, lost and yeah. kind of does like big fun things. It was like, all right, let's do this. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I was so stoned out of my mind and I'm like, they fucking blew up the whole, like I was, uh. it it, it it hit it like stuck with me it was yeah. crazy i had the, i had such a different experience i had such a unique experience because i was actually a background extra in ah, that movie that's and hilarious my scene was cut out oh no so I, the first time i watched Very that movie going in the first time i watched that movie i was just like i might be in this movie right like, well, i might let down. be in this movie be in star and trek and then i really wasn't i mean yeah. there's one shot where uh in spock's 
explanation that we were talking about earlier there's like right. a shot of nero where he's shirtless and there's he's like in a mining camp and there's people behind him that are blurry right that's me yeah yeah you're, you're in the mining camp yeah <laughs> yeah i was like it's it's Rurapenthe. it's the the klingon oh, yeah. prison planet the, the ice one uh yeah um it's like a fiery spot on this icy planet oh. i guess <laughs> well um, they're underground but, and they're in a mine yeah so i they i mentioned Rurapenthe in uh enterprise yeah, I was there. Um, and there was like the dudes in those Klingon masks that weren't showing their faces. Right. Um, like I was there. I was on set there and I like got pushed around by Klingons and it was one of the craziest nights of my life. That's like awesome. one of the coolest things I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but then it was cut out of the movie. So the whole time I was watching it, I was just waiting for me. And then when I wasn't in it, I was like, that is that a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. almost in Star Trek. Right. I was high enough that if you had told me you're also in this movie, I'd have been like, <laughs> tight, tight. I can't wait to see my scenes. <laughs> but, I cannot but I got over it because I, I got over it because the movie is really good. I it's really fun. like it. Yeah. I really like it. I have since seen it not super baked and I still like it. I really like it. I think Into Darkness is a bit of a mess, but I... I still, sure. there's a lot to like about it. It's the, sloppy fun. The treatment of Khan is, is terrible, but I, d- I have specific issues about how Khan is treated, but yeah. that's neither here nor we there. We can't get into that right now. Right. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the, this episode of Picard scratched an itch that has been itching for decades for me. Like when next generation ended, I remember very vividly how upset I was because that show went out at the top of its game, you know, like that show went out yeah. when it was still great. Yeah. And granted, season seven's a little rougher than seasons sure. like three through six because they were running DS9 at the same time right. and, and they were getting prepped for Voyager and right. a little bit got lost in the translate. There's some real sure. stinkers in there season seven. Right. There are some, yeah. yeah. They, but the, they dropped some turds. But potentially the best episode of the entire show is the last episode. It's, it's really remarkably good. Right. Also, yeah. another timeline that has since been collapsed. Right. Right, and and our a first, different future Picard, where he's really furry, and where he is like living on Chateau Picard, and yeah. like his old friends come to visit him. I yeah. mean, it's so amazing how like we've now seen a real version of that. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, like ever since that, and then when like after Deep Space Nine and after Voyager, when they went back to Enterprise, I'm like, no, I, 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 want, I want the future. I want the future. I want Star Trek to keep going forward. I want this to be the fictional future of humanity. And I want to know more. I want to keep going yeah. forward. And then to not do that felt like such a disappointment. Yep. And then Discovery happens and it's a prequel. And then the Kelvin timeline happens and it's a prequel. And right. it's like, it when made- are we going forward? Right. And we just did it. We that- just did it. And it feels so good. It had I'm been an so stoked. Ongoing complaint of people. Every new Star Trek thing that came out yeah. was that it was a prequel. Yeah. It's made me, I've never heard anyone talk about, either the individual choices being made that make sense at the time they're being made collectively being like, Oh yeah, damn, I guess we did go prequel four times in a row without really thinking about it. Or if there was a like, Oh no, we're explicitly not doing anything post uh, uh, Voyager uh, post nemesis. Yeah. For this specific reason. So I don't know whether this was, choices that were made that coincidentally add up to this or if there was um a, a built-in reason yeah I, my impression I, either is way that, i'm glad that they've done it now i'm uh, glad that they've gone past it and they did it in a way that makes it good that makes it worthwhile it's not like yeah. oh this is why we don't do after voyager nemesis stuff because it's garbage like they can't do this you know <laughs> my impression and I, I have no basis for this other than just my impression is that once 
Star Trek was taken away from Rick Berman, yeah. no one wanted to go to venture forward anymore because I think that there was <laughs> we had like, to wait fear. for the Berman stink to settle. <laughs> no, I mean like well, Rick Berman like took over from Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. He like worked with Gene Roddenberry. Like there's a passing of the torch from Gene sure. Roddenberry to and, Rick Berman uh, to run Star Trek. I don't and he like ran him. It, yeah, he ran it for years. I mean, he ran. He made a lot of great stuff, but boy, did he also get in the way of Star Trek. You know, I it's hard for me to say that because like he he ran most of my favorite shows sure that's what i mean like i love a lot of the stuff that he created i yeah. love a lot of but also the more that you kind of see behind the scenes and see what he prevented from happening sure you know? i mean that's a th- that's a real thing and then sure. some of his later choices especially there's some like there's some i think i would say offensive episodes in voyager where it's like yeah. what were you doing absolutely what were you doing absolutely so but and then he was the one who started this trend of going backwards in the timeline and it seems like they just kind of got stuck there. It's right. like, like this forward thinking idea just kind of got put on hold and they just stopped doing it. Right. And then all that was also kind of the rise of this toxic fan culture where right. every decision they made is like, that's not what should happen next. So right. it was so, almost like safer to go back and say, yeah. well, this is what happened before. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or everyone's like, okay, listen, we can't make a future one. that's going to make us look like we're taking their complaint seriously. We've got to like, let's get one good prequel in the tank yeah then we can do a future one and also like this idea of you know pre-existing ip where right like the original star trek started all of this like kirk spock mccoy right and then everyone just wants to make star trek with kirk spock mccoy in it instead yeah. of coming up with new characters and yeah. new adventures in the future right this is i think an interesting uh uh inflection point i don't know the right way to say it an interesting point in time for the franchise yeah where they could keep doing sort of like churning out you know uh things that are within a narrow field of expectation for star trek like right adventures of a ship that are out exploring the galaxy right. and wrestling with things right um or they could go further afield in a way that i think uh, Disney is doing with Star Wars as shown through the Mandalorian where they're yeah. willing to be like no we can kind of do different things I have the the short tracks are a great example yes. of in small bursts them being very experimental yeah I think with with kind of Star Trek to the point where there's my favorite one that I'll always find a way yeah. to wedge in to talk about where they do straight out comedy where yeah. they do a straight out comedy and they, f- I'm getting all fidgety because I'm so excited. They follow <laughs> up their own straight up comedy by having a post credit, like just like a sketch. Yeah, it's just it's just like weird. You're talking about the trouble with Edward, the, the trouble with Edward, and yeah. then the commercial that they do. We we talked about this in detail, and that that's going to be on the new. Uh, the new space nerds patron cast oh yeah so if you want to hear me talk about how much i love star trek comedy yeah subscribe or whatever you have to do it's almost ready i'm gonna have three it's gonna launch with three premium episodes and then we're gonna put out new premium episodes tight um and i think monthly maybe i don't know i haven't quite figured this out yet Meta Mercury. Uh, yeah. We don't know what the Patreon's gonna be. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, come come let next me, week's let me get show. My- I will ex- I will have made decisions and I will tell you what's happening. Okay. Now the, where I was going is what I think the franchise could do, and Picard shows I think their willingness to do it is they could start to make even more interesting explorations of the Star Trek universe that step further afield from a narrow definition of a Star Trek 
show or movie. So one example of a prequel that I would green light if I was the president of Star Trek right now would be a World War Three um post-apocalyptic oh, sort of thing like whoa you know right before first contact yeah something that whoa. does something because you could i think that would be oh, interesting shit. you know that's a great idea they, they could do like a that eug- is a prequel i will get on board for yeah, like a eugenics war kind of thing oh just shit sort of- yeah i mean the oh my god i mention this all the time how like in the star trek future it takes world war three for humanity to get their right. shit together right and how i want us to be able to avoid that in actual times yes. But man, that's the story to tell. Yeah. That's it. That's a great idea, Doug. I think seeing like, and I also, let me just also say, no humble brag here. I don't know for certain. I would bet a bunch of money that people have already written Eugenics Wars books and post-World War III apocalyptic Star Trek books. I think that it would not surprise me if that's already been explored in the non-filmed canon, but it's what I would love to see yeah. someone do a take on in like a, a series, you know? Yeah. That is a fascinating idea because it is, it's a war on earth, a war on it, earth, like a fictionalized world war in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. That is a brilliant and it could idea. Be, Make know, a trilogy of movies. Yeah. Call it Star Wars or something. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah. yeah, this is. You're right. This is like an inflection point. Yes, uh, because like talking about you know Kirk, uh, Spock, and the triumvirate. The triumvirate. We now have this new show where it's just hinging on Picard. It's hinging on this one man. Well, we've only seen the pilot and. We do know that there is sure. like a main cast of people who they're. Right. We've seen three people, I think, who are going to be in the main cast. Allison Picard, Pill. the the doctor whose name yeah. I keep want to say is Deborah Grace <laughs> Allen. Yeah, and then the the other the clone twin. Yes, Asher. Ashen, Doctor Ashen, but I so, Soj. Son? I missed her. I missed her name. I missed her name. They only mentioned Dash's her once. sister. Dash's sister. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Man. And then I was wondering if uh, the Romulans who live at Chateau Picard, are they part of the main cast? Are they going to be... I like, think they're going to be side cast. Because they're going to get a ship and go on an adventure or right, something. Right, because if you've watched any of the trailers, you see that eventually they have like a, have a samurai ship. Vulcan. Maybe he's Romulan. Hard to say. Yeah. And then they've got the, the bearded white guy who's like their yeah. scruffy captain. Speaking of, I do f- the only disappointment I had in this episode was with representation. Oh yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's my only disappointment. Yeah, and like the first person to die on screen is a black man. Sure, right. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, let's and like all the main characters are white. Yes, I mean, again, we'll know more once we get past the pilot. And, yeah, and they start they they finish their Avengers Assemble team building. Right, right. We've we've only seen a fraction. Right. of the I cast. get the feeling though that this is going to be a very white show. And you know. that is a problem for me. Yes. Like, and it's something that with any luck that they can change. Because I'm assuming season one is done filming. Yeah. They're done and they're just going to drip them out. Well, they've the, already invited Whoopi Goldberg to come on a season well, I saw two. That. That's like that's like Patrick Stewart inviting him. It made me wonder, like, are the writers and the showrunners going? No, he's, I watched okay. that video of, of Patrick Stewart on The View inviting Whoopi Goldberg and right. he mentions that he has an official invite from Alex Kurtzman. Oh yeah, okay, great. Yeah, it's from like the producers. Yeah. The one thing I really wanted that we didn't get was that I wanted Guinan and Picard to be lovers who've been living together on Chateau Picard. Like uh, I really wanted that. Well, she's but off doing you, her You can stuff. like watch this video of Picard telling Whoopi Goldberg that they want her to come on I've season seen 2. That, yeah. And she gets like really emotional and it is heartwarming as yeah. fuck. It's amazing. And then Joy 
Bihar like ruins it. She yeah. is. She's that's she, her it was, job. It was awful. She's like, oh well, you're not gonna have this hair, are you? And it was like really kind of offensive. Yeah, I but, mean, she's she's a not a good comedian, and that's what. But well, that's like that's her attempt at like lighten the mood with an inappropriate yeah. joke. But this isn't the view cast. We can move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I, Guinan I, on season two just would be interesting because they oh. they did so bad of a job of getting into her character in TNG. You know, they did, they did it in, in a way that I do love because it's so like, we, we, we just get the, they just like scratch the surface of who she is, but what they, they held me, away so much more than they ever gave well, us. It's not that they held anything away. They just didn't know shit. Maybe. Yeah. This is, this is my problem where it's like the, if the mystery box is empty, then I'm a little bit disappointed about you waving it around in front of me. Yeah. You know, I, that's one of the things that I don't like about J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Is that he's known, in at least in my brain, and I think others would sure, agree with I, me. Sure, no, absolutely. Of just the make-em-ups where it's and like- Damon Lindelof, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why as Watchmen is such a good thing, because there's like, oh, this is where you actually did have a fucking plan right. that you followed through with and finished. You right. Know? I listened, it's one yeah. season, so it's different, but- Right. I listened to an interview with him recently where he talked about that, about how like he need, he knew he needed to have a plan. Yes. Yes. Finally got that message. Yes. Um, yeah. Oof, boy, I really went off on a side note there. Well, that's yes, my only complaint. Is important. That's my only complaint then, about this. And then having Whoopi Goldberg as a primary character in a season two would be a, a, a nice step forward, you know. Sure, but it's something that Discovery does better. But obviously. Discovery, even Discovery does a bad job of it. They don't do a great job of it, no, but they do uh, better. Discovery looks good on paper, but then you watch it and it's kind of upsetting how, especially season one, like they set set up really good representation and then they kill off all the characters of color. Right. Uh, and it's like, why, why did you do this? Right. And then in both season one and season two, you have a straight white male who's the captain of the ships. Right. You know. Right. And like, they really got to step up their game. Like they're try. it's like they know they need to, but then they keep doing it wrong. <laughs> Right. It's sort of like it's it, it, Star Trek is often referenced as being like a progressive show. And look, they did all these good things in the 60s and then also again in the 90s. Yeah. But yeah, but you they could have there was nothing that prevented them from being better at the time. They were like slightly ahead of other people at the time. I would and say they were significantly ahead of the general Hollywood at the time, but there was so far to go. There was, there was there's, so far and to go. And there was plenty of room and plenty of cultural capital that they had that they could have used but they didn't because that of their either their own yeah. prejudices or their own fear or their you know? own ignorance or their own ignorance yeah. but this but is, I, but this I is I we're getting back like to complaining about Berman again i do feel like we're discounting a lot of what they did that was great no i'm not and i'm saying this is exactly what's happening now with discovery where we're like oh, they're doing good, but they could do better. It's exactly what was going on in the 90s. We're like, yeah, they did good. I'm not discounting it, but they could have done so much better. You know, Discovery, everything that Discovery is doing in terms of representation is great, but it is nothing that could not have been done in the 90s. It didn't have to be 20 fucking 18 for them to do that. They just didn't do it. Well, they and Discovery, the representation on Discovery is not, I mean, we don't have to go into this whole can of worms right now but for me it's just not like it's not they're not quite seeing it the way that i'd want them to you know but they're still better than Says any the other- two white guys in this room sure <laughs> but they're still doing it better than any other star trek has done maybe i don't know i don't know i don't want to i that's such a can of worms <laughs> i don't want to go into it sure. but d- definitely better than picard which definitely better than picard yeah which had almost no representation in the first episode right then we'll hopefully this season will improve yeah we'll see yeah but that aside the- 
I'm so excited. I just feel this like overwhelming sense of joy that this exists and yeah. that we're just at the beginning of this journey. Yes. And I just saw the Enterprise D on TV. <laughs> you know, I just saw Data and Picard playing cards together. I just saw Picard like have this righteous fury for a moral indignity. I mean, these are the things that Right. That's that, what Star Trek is for you. That, yeah, this is like the foundational stuff for me like this is what built my brain this is what i grew up on this is what makes me you know hopeful for the future and hopeful that things can change and get better right like that's that's what i want out of my tv and that's what i especially want out of my star trek and this feels like it has it and i'm so stoked yeah it's it's i would say that this is the best uh first episode of any star trek oh and i think picard is shaping up to be the best first season of any. I still think Discovery is the first best season of any Star Trek. Oh, go uh, And I think season two is the best second season of any Star Trek. But then I don't know, because TNG's season three is probably the best season three of any of the Star Trek. Yeah, I think you're right that Discovery Enterprise's season two. Enterprise's season four is the best season four of any Star Trek. I think Discovery season two is the best season two. Because season two for most Star Trek is still rough. Yeah, season two of Next Generation is the worst season of that show. It's so not good. Yeah. Also, not to get into the the weeds of it, but season one is hilarious because they take like 10 minutes to set up an episode. They're like, oh, I love that. Here, we're on the bridge. Oh, I think I need to have Jordy up here. Jordy, <laughs> will you come to the bridge? <laughs> yes, Captain. Yeah. I will come to the bridge. But for bum, like bum, bum, bum. For Jordy walks to the nerd bridge. Like me, Hold on. We're not I done saying it up. <laughs> Jordy gets to the bridge. Hello, Captain. I'm on the bridge now. Welcome to the bridge, Jordy. Take your station. Okay. Walking over to my station. Boop, boop. Computer, please transfer all engineering controls to the bridge. Boop, boop. Okay. Now I can do my engineering I mean, work. Jordy, like, what are you doing? What Jordy you doing? wasn't chief engineer till season two. That's fair. But still, you see what I'm saying. I do see what you're saying. I oh, know exactly that's also saying. really interesting because people would complain about discovery season one and be like why don't i see more of this character why don't i see more of that character and i'm like what's your favorite geordie episode from season one of tng you dipshits the one where he takes over the bridge and has to save the day yeah but, okay but he's barely in season one yeah and that's 22 episodes yeah discovery just got to approximately yeah season one number of episodes well, i don't think it's fair to compare episode count because mm, disagree but because when but you go on <laughs> Because when you look at, like, a production cycle of we're taking a year to make this. Yes. Like, even though they're on a much faster schedule back in the day and they're making 22 episodes, they're still, like, taking a year to produce 13 episodes. They're still, like, going through this creative cycle of a year. Right. And then they're still, like, firing the showrunners and hiring a new <laughs> yeah, writing true, staff for true, season true, true, two. So True, true, true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, like, a one-to-one comparison. But you are correct in that. Right. That, like, so, the fair yeah. would be to say, what are the 13 best episodes of season one? Yeah, and honestly, there's really good episodes in season one. Right. There's really good episodes. And even in season two, there's really good episodes. Like, Where Silence Has Least is an awesome episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, then, anyways, I went off on a tangent. Yeah. Well, what else are we here for if not tangents? <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, for, I, I absolutely agree that I think this was the best pilot. For sure. Yeah. Of any Star Trek show. Yeah. I'm just saying that out of excitement right now. I might re- regret that later. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I love... Emissary in Deep Space Nine. Like, that's a Emissary really is really good, pilot. but then, yeah, we've talked about this yeah. on our Doug Space Nine, where they kind of, I feel like, 
set this great thing up and then ignore it for well, the well, rest. they still might do that in Picard. We don't know. We will. I feel like it, I feel like that. Would, I would be shocked. I'm, we're but, not at that point in TV making and now. The you first know? episode of Voyager is really good, but like kind of. Voyager is just so setting up, you know. It's yeah. like the first episode of Avenue Five, where it's like, "Here's the premise oh, of our space." That. It's funny. I, I like it. I want to see. I it. talked to someone else who hated it. I was checking who it out. Also agrees with me generally on I Star mean, Trek. I stuff. love Hugh Laurie. Avenue Five is the oh, new HBO, right? Um, like spaceship comedy, right? Which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I have a soft spot in my heart for any kind of like satire genre fiction. Satire. Absolutely. I mean, I love sci-fi comedy. That's one of my favorite things in the world. If it's done right, I don't think yeah. it often gets done well. No, I it's, think Galaxy Quest is like maybe the best example. It's right up there for me within the top two or three. Yeah, my favorite is still Other Space, which I, would, I haven't seen. That. Oh boy, I would highly recommend it to anyone within okay. the the range of my voice right now. Um, you have well, to probably go find it on YouTube because it was an old Yahoo TV show. By I think yeah. Paul Feig. Um, Simon it, Pegg's in that. Simon, no, is he? No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm thinking something else. Might be something else. Yeah. Oh, he's in some sort of like. Um, it's like a weird uh, magical realism sci-fi British show. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Oh, but it does have the word space in it. Shit. And I had that. I haven't seen. I've had it recommended. Okay, that's to you, not other space. No, other space is a straight up sci-fi captain of a ship oh. out exploring oh. with a crew and a robot and Ooh. a sassy computer and sassy computer. Yeah. I'm in. And it, I think it was Paul Feig. Okay. And it was, I think there's only six episodes oh, and boy. it was on Yahoo TV. I'm going to find whose it. Whose motto was, I guess we make TV now. <laughs> and that is, that service is gone. So yeah. it only would exist as like YouTube stuff. Okay. I think I'll check it out. And, uh, as, a handful of your listeners know uh, me and Ryan Casey and uh, Albert Kirshner had the Fly Space 7 yeah. um, sci-fi comedy uh, live show and then later podcast. Yeah. And there were so many things like other space is like, wow, that's it. It shows that the choices we were making were the right choices because this show did a lot of those things, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is what you would do. If you're kind of doing a, a fun comedy, a sci-fi comedy. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. I still want to, I'm still thinking about Star Trek pilots. Enterprise is really good, but not as good right. as Picard. Next yeah. Generation's pilot is- The Enterprise pilot is, is, is kinda... like, oh, so Klingons did, huh, well, okay then. <laughs> they look I guess, exactly like they did huh. Next Generation for some reason. Because I, I would have, oh, I would have adored it. If they had made the Klingons look like yeah, TOS Klingons, I know. which they couldn't have done, and right. it was fine that they did it, even though it made people or at angry. least a reference to the costumes or something. Sure. Even if they didn't well, say to be makeup. fair, to, to be fair, to Enterprise DS Nine had already created the mistake visually yeah, in yeah. universe. Yeah. So, but then they doubled down on it. Enterprise's crime was doubling down on it, and then reverse double back on it which was a brilliant maneuver <laughs> yeah so anyways, by the time you get through enterprise they've explained everything yeah. to the best of their ability so the, the, but okay so, so the Picard's, pilot is fine picard's still better so picard's still better right um 
what shows are we forget? The original the cage. series. <laughs> the cage. AKA the only canon in Star Trek, <laughs> which is one of my favorite trolling armies to make online. Um, and then what? what is it? The man trap that's the second pilot that they I make? I don't even know. It was not even a good episode. Yeah. I mean, that talking about a week for a season. Yeah. So, th- so that's out. So I think it really comes down to, oh, actually, Discovery's pilot's fantastic. Oh, this is what I had just it's said. really great. Up until Picard, Discovery was my favorite pilot. I thought yeah. it was, and I still think Discovery's first season is a better first season. But. I did a podcast uh, by myself after Discovery Pilot came out, and I was just gushing over it. And yeah. then, like as that season aired, I just like sank into my hole of despair. Yeah, that's fair. It it doesn't. But it's all fine now because season two is great. Yeah, um, and they are in a different position because they are also. I like Discovery, and I know that. I'll have different feelings about it in the future, but I will always be willing to forgive the sins of its first season because it's, this is like the staking of the new ground after it's lain fallow for a while, (laughs) you know? So they're going to make some mistakes. Sure. And there was a lot of shuffling around before they even started. So you wind up with this pilot that's like a movie really. Yeah. And then the series that is sort of featuring one of the characters from this movie (laughs) going on a new adventure. Yeah. So the movie can feel vastly disconnected. Yeah. And then they do tie it back in a little bit, but it really is. It's so weird. It's so separate and distinct in a way that the Picard pilot clearly is. I, and I may be way wrong, but it seems like it is going to be a much more, smooth narrative following what they've done yeah i mean all all the stories that we've heard is that they had like a whole season mapped out before they even started filming like they right they were very careful about how they use this character patrick stewart had a lot to say about it um and just felt like expertly made so for me it's between this pilot and the emissary um, right. DS9's pilot. That I think been... that Picard might be the best pilot that Star Trek has ever had. Yeah, I if really I was going to rank them, it would be Picard, Discovery, Emissary. Yeah. I might put Emissary above um, Discovery, but right. it's still my top three. Yeah. But I'm yeah. also someone who is like, yes, I love eye candy. I love yeah. the visual effects. I love, I don't give a shit that it looks different and wrong yeah compared to previous things that's fine for me yeah i just want it to look good for what we can do yeah if all you can do at your time is string in a fucking silver box great i love it at the time but now we have a ways to do it better show me it better yeah oh man i am just i'm just so excited and i don't know how we're gonna fit this in but i feel like we're gonna have to talk about picard as it comes out like, we're just going to have to do it. <laughs> in your life, how are we going to fit it in? Yeah, into, into the Space well, Nerds podcast. It would have to just become like a priority for you so that we would less record other stuff. Because uh, well, Picard is yeah. a weekly thing. Yeah, we'll figure it out. And maybe I'll just have super long episodes where like, right. like this is just going to be a, a separate bonus episode. Right. Um, and then next week, we've got Firefly uh, Out of Gas, my favorite episode of Firefly, Jane and I. Jane's coming back next week. She's... Uh, we weren't able to get it for a couple of weeks because her life got really crazy, but we're back to Man, normal Mercury things. Mercury coming up um, on your podcast. Yeah. And then we're all so trying to- So what else do you got in the works, Jesse? We're actually, all the space nerds are going to get together and talk about Watchmen, yes. which is coming up soon. And then we're also covering Black Mirror and Deep Space Nine with the Doug Space Nine streams. Sounds like you have a lot of exciting things we in the pipeline. so much on this podcast. <laughs> like, how are we going to fit in Starship Picard? We're just going to do it. We're going to- Well, because- no, that's what I mean. Like, we would just do it. I think you and I would pause- on Arrowverse. So like, yeah. let's not even watch 
the new year of Arrowverse, or if you've already started, stop where you I've are. I've already started. So then just you put it aside. And well, then- I mean, <laughs> I'm still going to watch it because like th- we're getting one episode a week. It's going to take me months to get through Arrowverse That's year, true, year right. six. We'll be. But yeah, we, yeah, I mean. But just whenever, we'll just figure it out. when there's new Picards and there's only going to be what, eight, 10 of these? Like, yeah. Maybe well, 13 and yeah, if we're we lucky. did. We recorded year five of Arrowverse, so that's going to come out soon, also. But right. then maybe after that comes out, we'll just throw Picard into the mix. Sure. And then we'll go like Picard, Firefly, Black Mirror, Deep Space Nine, rotate through those four until we get to Picard. Sounds like the only problem is that you're just going to have too much good content to give all your. We listeners. have too much good content. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Well, anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Men and Mercury and this other episode of. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Space Nerds. Are we done? We're done. Okay. I'm done. Are I, you done? Yeah, I, you know me. I'll just keep talking all night. I mean, we just you eventually just run out of blood or whatever. I, yeah, and your I'm out body of blood. Betrays you. We. Well, we're just like rehashing the same shit we it always is, talk about. It, how late did we go? How long is this? It's, it's been like an hour and 20 minutes. And I do want to get oh, this out tonight. We should, right. And we should. Yeah. yeah okay. I'll, right. Let's land the ship. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, final thoughts? Final thoughts. Starship Picard. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Give me more. Give me more. I mean, I even, I mean, besides the representation issues, this was a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I, I don't know how to rank it down for that because I do feel like it needs to be ranked Give down it a for nine. that. <laughs> I guess I don't know, but I, but it's such because <laughs> you're saying it's not perfect, so it's not a ten. But the thing is, is like emotionally, it was perfect for me. Besides yeah. that, you know, like yes, like storytelling wise, bringing back my favorite characters, like continuing my favorite story, right? Fucking nailed it. Yeah. Can't can't even believe how excited I am, how much I loved it. Can't wait for more. Yes. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm 100 percent on board. Um, I think I, I I think I do broadly love so much of new Star Trek. Um, so I was pretty well primed to enjoy this. They would have had to have made some pretty egregious mistakes <laughs> for me to not give it, you know, yeah, uh, a, a top notch rating. I was worried, like I watching the even watching the previews. I'm like, I don't know if this show looks good to me. Like I, it was, I've been excited, right? And, and I was like. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of great visual stuff happening, but I couldn't really get a sense of like how, like, what is Picard now? Like, who right. is Picard now? And now, having gotten a very, I mean, the show gives you such a clear sense of it, and yeah. re- it just draws it out so well. I'm just so enthralled and excited. I mean, I'm just Absolutely. so into it, and I'm also fully prepared for stuff to be like, eh, let's not just pick at that, but just accept yeah. that they've created the illusion of sense and logic and science here. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to, you can point out that it doesn't really work or there would have been another way to do it. Or if you had the ability to do transport in and shoot the girl, couldn't you have just transported her to your murder ship and murdered her? Like, don't, yeah, but don't, it doesn't, that's Star do that. Trek. Just calm down. <laughs> we don't need to enjoy the, ch- we're not yeah. creating an unsolvable puzzle, you yeah. know, enjoy the, what was put out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared yeah. for that. Well, and if anyone out there listening has thoughts that they want to share with the rest of us, you can always email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. We have a new email address, Doug. Oh, cool. I didn't know we had an old one. So It was sci-fi at jessemercury.com. That's what it's been since before the name change of the podcast. But I felt like we should have something that represents all of us. And if you want to log into it, you're more than welcome to. Oh, cool. If you want to. Or just forward me any of my fan mail. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anyone has any specific messages for me? Contact Jesse. He'll pass it along. <laughs> I'll figure it out. All right. Well, this was awesome. I yeah. actually really liked having a viewing party. I, I mean, I'm 
I want to do that again. That's nice. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll hit you up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's Meta Mercury time. You know, yeah, my we'll, availability we'll is you know sketchy at best. You have blocks of availability. Yes, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Doug, for another rousing Star oh, Trek discussion. Thanks for giving it's me a chance to talk about nerd stuff for no reason. It's what we do best. Yes. Yeah. And until next time, stay nerdy. Stay out nerdy out there. Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash spacenerdspodcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!